0: Get ready to celebrate God's call to go. Here's your weekly dose of heartwarming encouragement for the missionary in all of us. Welcome to Missions Change My Life. Now, here's your host, Pastor Kevin.
1: Good morning. This is Pastor Kevin. It is October 27th, 2020. I'm so excited to have Rebecca on the show today. We also have our co-host Courtney with us, and she will be helping to interview Rebecca. Rebecca's been one of the founding members. Her and her husband were founding members of the board for Global Hope India. You're going to hear about their story and history in just a moment. They reside in North Carolina. They don't have any children, but they do have two cats. Rebecca holds a bachelor's from the University of Virginia, a master's from the University of Bath, and a PhD from the North Carolina State University. She and her husband, Chris, attend Hope Community Church. Rebecca is employed with the U.S. Office of Personnel Management, where she is a manager and a performance manager. She loves to play soccer. She's very athletic, runs multiple 5K, 10K marathon, half marathons every year. And just wait until you hear us break down her two truths and a lie. Will you please join me? Put your hands together. Big round of applause for Rebecca. Welcome to Missions Change My Life.
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Glad I finally have the opportunity to to share a little bit about um, how missions has changed my life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you certainly have a lot of details and Courtney's ready to dive in, but we're going to play two truths and a lie real quick. So we're going to ask you for two truths and a lie and you're going to try to stump me and Courtney.
2: Okay, so let's see. Uh, two truths and a lie, and obviously I can't give them in that order because then you'll know exactly what they are, so I'm to yep. make certain that
3: I weave I, I knew you'd be lies. a pro at this. Now they might be in that order just to trick us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might be the first one, might be the second one, might be the third one. Maybe
4: or C. Who knows? All
2: right, so let's see. A couple of facts about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first fact is uh, I've been to six of the seven continents
3: wow Mm. uh
2: second fact about me is i have uh carried the olympic torch
4: Mm. and the
2: third fact about me is i come from a large family of eight
4: kids
1: wow (laughs) she has played this a lot she's a pro i'm gonna call it on the olympic torch I just I would love for you to have had that honor but I just that would be an incredible opportunity Courtney what do you think I'm gonna say that that's the lie
3: yeah I don't want to vote on the same one but that one seems just the most incredible I know so she travels it, a lot yeah. she is from
1: a big family I don't know the number of siblings it could be seven she could be stumping us there
3: right
1: uh, I, I feel like we're playing the mass singer all of a sudden.
3: Yeah, I'm going to lock in my answer with the Olympic torch.
1: Okay, me too. Lock it in.
3: All right. What's Both of them, Yeah. Which so, one was so the What lie? is the answer?
2: Yeah. So the answer is that there's a, there's a little truth to every lie, right? And there's a lie to every truth. <laughs> yeah. So the the lie is I come from a family of seven.
4: Ah.
1: I spoke it. I just didn't wow. guess it. You did. I was yeah.
3: smiling. <laughs> so, how real quick, you carried the Olympic torch?
2: I I did. So back in 1996, when the Olympics came to the US, Uh um, I was in high school at the time, and I was a track runner. And when the Olympic torch came through um, North Carolina, I was nominated by my school to be one of the escorts um, Mm. with the torch. Mm -hmm. So I got to run and torch for a brief bit uh, while it came through North Carolina on its way across the US down to Atlanta. It's probably one of the coolest experiences I had as a teenager. Wow. Uh, Yeah.
1: Did you literally get to hold it or did you just get to touch it as someone, something else held it?
2: I carried it. Wow. Uh, So as an escort runner, I did just run alongside to make certain the torch never dropped, but Mm -hmm. uh, I ran five different, um, torch bearers and they'd let me carry it from time to time.
3: Yay. Mm. That is so cool. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, that is awesome
3: learn something new
1: yeah so real quickly the six of the seven continents which ones yes so, are, which one what, did what, you which, not which is the one you have it is yet?
2: antarctica it is antarctica so oh, my husband chris smart. and
3: i hope one day to get down to antarctica yeah. mm-hmm. that has to be so yeah. incredible to look at
1: and you are one of seven siblings Yes,
3: there sir. you go the number of completion
1: yep <laughs> well let's dive into your trips to india courtney take us away
3: yeah, well, let's start out. How many times have you gone to India? Six times. Wow. I have been, so of the six,
2: of the seven continents, uh, and of all the countries I've been to around the world, and granted, I I
3: lived and studied abroad, mm-hmm. uh, I've been to India the most. Mm. Wow, that is saying something. Yeah. From from the little bit I know of you and just getting to follow you, that's saying a lot. So that's awesome. So uh, um, when was your first trip to India? We took our
2: first trip to India In March of
3: 2011 okay so coming up on ten years Mm -hmm. and where did you go and or I mean maybe you just go down the list of where you've been in India I know we don't have time to touch on all of them as much as I would love to hear about them but where are some of the places that you've gotten to visit
2: sure so predominantly to Hyderabad Mm -hmm. we did take one trip um, through Chennai but All of my trips have been in and out and supporting the ministries that we have in Hyderabad. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. What was your favorite trip if you had to? I know it may be hard to just narrow it down, but um, was there one trip out of the many that you've been to India that really stood out to you? You know, each each trip has been unique, obviously, for its own purposes.
4: Mm
2: -hmm. There's always that first trip where you get the first experiences, um, you know, you step off the airplane. and. I, I tell people India is, um, hits you with a five full of senses, right? It's everything you see, feel, touch, smell, and taste. Yeah, and so I think the first trip, you know, crossing that and experiencing that um, was really unique. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's always that first that you, that you can't get back. Uh, but a couple of other trips that have been uh, very memorable uh, include the time, I think it was our second time when we took a couple of our really good friends. and It was a small team, just the four of us. And because it was a small team, we and we spent the week with a with a couple of pastors, we'd just load up in one of their vans and go from village to village. And so that was just a really unique experience to, mm-hmm. to have it with a small team. But I also, just a couple of years ago, my last trip to India went with a group of women from our church, and to go with an all-female group and a larger group, mm-hmm. and to uh, just have that experience. And for... I was the only woman on the trip who'd been to India before Mm. that really offered a a unique experience for me to get to, even as my sixth trip there, relive it through the the eyes of these um, ladies who are seeing India for the first time. So I'd say I, I, each trip has been just perfectly unique, um, even in visiting the same locations and the same partners.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In comparison to the many other places that you visited, is there something that stands out about India or what really... Made you want to continue to go back? Well, I've had
2: a passion for missions. Um, I think since I went on my first missions trip when I was fourteen, mm-hmm. I have a lot of vivid memories, and 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 since then, I just felt God call me to short term missions, mm-hmm. and we kind of fell into India a little bit um, in, in a in a backwards way. I, I don't think we had intended to make India one of our primary. Um, location or countries where we would that we would visit multiple times but Mm -hmm. i mean the story really starts back when i was 14 years old and on that first missions trip and the subsequent ones that kind of uh led um in this case for me my husband and i to make india um the place where we felt god called us
3: i can definitely relate to that not necessarily planning to go to india or end up falling in love with india and the people there but god truly sending you there for a reason was is there a funny story from a, one of the trip that you remember there are
2: always great stories <laughs> when you go abroad this and you try true. something new and different mm-hmm. I, I think some for for me um the story i always like to tell I, I don't know if it's necessarily funny the situation seems um a bit odd and peculiar but I find oftentimes in life and in some of these trips that I had there there are these clarifying moments of sort of these reality checks Mm -hmm. what am I doing why am I here what's going on and for me it came on my first trip to India Uh, and and by way of background just to to package a little bit more you know why (laughs) India and how did we end up in India yeah um like I said so I I had grown up in church and um, took my mer- my first missions trip when I was 14 years old, and it was to the Dominican Republic, and I went with my church at the time. And um, for, the, for the first time, it's, as such a young child was or teenager, um, was able to just experience and see the world through, I, I think, really a biblical lens, which is, um, you know, in order to go and minister to people who don't look like you, who don't act like you, mm-hmm. who don't have the same... You know, culture or upbringing is you. You really have to do it. You know, allowing God to just use you and work through you. Mm -hmm. And I'd say that was definitely my experience on that first trip to the Dominican Republic when I was 14 years old. Um, Fast forward about 15 15 years, I was uh, well past school, well into my career, happily married, and um, had done some mission work um, during college and back Mm -hmm. before I was married and kind of Chris and I got into our uh, marriage about five years in and I just felt that there was a piece they missing we hadn't I hadn't been on a missions trip for a number of years and um, Chris had a job where it was really hard for him to take a lot of time off and whatever time he did get off you know we try to go on vacation and mm-hmm. it would be a real sacrifice to to take that time and just use it for a mission trip and so I just started praying for um for about three months, that, you know, God would make a way and would open his heart and just make a way for us to be able to uh, to take a trip overseas. Mm. And uh, it was in India that we went to on that first trip, and it completely took God sort of opening his heart and making him realize that he did have to tithe that time and, and look for ways to serve God, even in the limited free time that we had. Mm. And so our first trip um, was to the Ukraine. Hmm. and uh, we really enjoyed um, working with the children and the orphanages at the Ukraine of mm-hmm. the ministry through the Ukraine, and I think that's what uh, was a real turning point for Chris and I in the realization that we should be more involved in um, international um, missions work, and so that was in 2009. Well, in 2010, we started planning a vacation, and we were going to take the vacation to Australia, and we planned the week in March to go and started planning the trip and then at our church, the opportunity uh, popped up um, for an India missions trip. And it was, Kevin White was leading the trip and we'd gotten to know Kevin through the small group ministry which we'd gotten involved with because of our trip to the Ukraine. Mm, wow. And uh, the dates worked out just perfectly, <laughs> like almost the same dates that we'd planned to go to Australia, right, and take <laughs> our time off. <laughs> Um, but instead, there was this trip to India. And wow. so, you know, we prayed about it and said, okay, God, we'll, we'll go to India. And, and we'd been a little bit curious. My parents had been to India doing mission work, and um, we'd gotten to know Kevin and heard a lot about the mission work there. And so um, we bit the bullet and we decided instead of taking a free, or, or not a free, but a, a great fun vacation to Australia, we would instead go to India. And part of it was you're we like, you know what? It's going to take 24 hours, right, to, to get to either country. So mm-hmm. why don't we go to India and serve God over there? So fast forward to the funny story. Um, <laughs> is the trip, so right. So here we are. We land in India and um, I think we were in Hyderabad for a day,
4: mm-hmm.
2: but then we're going to go out into the villages and um, minister to some of the churches that were out there, but it required an overnight train ride. And so within 24 hours after flying across the world, we board this train, um, it literally feels like the middle of the night. It's 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and if you've, the way the train system works in India is that the trains come by and they stop just long enough for you get on, and then you've got to sort it out and sort, you know, where you're going and mm-hmm. where you're going to sit and all that, and just enough time to get all of our luggage on. And we had a team of about nine people, so of wow. course the train pulls up and you got to throw all the bags on, you got to get all the people on, and then you kind of sort it out
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, once you get on the train, so you don't, um, so you don't miss the the stop. Uh, we traveled um, in luxury compared to Indian standards, um, on this trip that we took. Although I think compared to American standards, it was, um, as you'll hear in the story, probably a a little less power than maybe some of the train trips I've taken in Europe. So we get on the train, we get situated and we have these bunk beds, but we had these bunk beds, um, spread out through the sleeper car. And so I end up in some bunk bed area um, four or five other Indian men and me. Oh, I think my this was goodness. somewhere nearby.
4: So, you know, <laughs> crawl
2: up and it's okay. I'm exhausted. I'm like, just you know, give me my spots. Right. I'm good. <laughs> I'll lay down, I'll go to sleep, it doesn't matter. And I and I love like riding in motion, right? And mm-hmm. so, the, so the train's moving and this is great. Uh, which was great until about two in the morning. I woke up jet lagged and you know, had to use the bathroom, and it's pitch dark. And I'm in a train and a bunker with a bunch of Indians who are all on there with me, all sleeping and snoring and all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I get up, you know, feel my way around because, you know, heaven forbid, I remember to get a flashlight with myself and, you know, crawl over a whole bunch of people and um, make my way into the alley to find the bathroom. And I, you know, open the bathroom door. And what is it? But like this hole in the in the in the bathroom Mm -hmm. you know you see the tracks going by
4: yes and there's like
2: nothing you want to touch in that and I remember (laughs) in that moment as I'm in the middle of the night in India on a train in the middle of nowhere trying to figure out how to use the bathroom with the the hole in the ground it was (laughs) I had the realization what am I doing like why am I here Mm -hmm. like of all the places Mm -hmm. in the world and of my whole life experience how did i manage to end up on a train in the middle of the night in india trying to find some decent place it's like is this a Um, dream
4: i gave up australia for
2: this (laughs) and and you know it's just it's that is and and i don't share that to scare people from going to india i just Mm -hmm. share that as kind of that reality moment of um it's hard but there's so much more good that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what, you know, each day into the trip and each thing that we experience, there was more good and more good. But
4: mm-hmm.
2: it's just a moment in time where it's you, it's God, and you're on the other side of the world and he's called you there.
1: And it's very priceless to have those moments.
4: And now imagine
0: yourself on the forward mission field. You and your team are on the bus going to today's programs. After singing a few songs, Pastor Kevin stands to Preach deliver it, a devotion. Amen. Okay. Amen. Hey,
1: really oh, Come on now, I'm ready. Hey team, gather around. Before we go out into the mission today, I want to encourage you with this word. Think of the word prayer. I want you to to visualize the word prayer. Pastor Cho in South Korea started his day every day with two hours of prayer. His leaders came to him one time and said, Pastor, there's so many problems. We need your help. We need it right now. And he said, okay, I know what I need to do. Now I need to start spending three hours in prayer each day. Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on all occasions. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. We are called to pray continuously. Prayer is a lifestyle. It's not something that we're going to sandwich between dear God, say our prayer, and then say in Jesus' name, amen. The Holy Spirit is actually interceding for us at all times. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what we want to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And so the Holy Spirit is always praying. But it also teaches us that Jesus is always interceding for us. Hebrews 7:25 says, Therefore he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on our behalf. And then listen to Romans 8:34. Who then can condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. The Holy Spirit's always praying. Jesus is always praying. So the point is, prayer is always happening. It is like a Wi-Fi signal that is always there that we can immediately connect to. And when we do, we don't need to run into this time of prayer with our own prayer agenda, but begin to listen in and let Jesus's prayer agenda become our prayer agenda. Actually, the Holy Spirit will put the words of Christ into our minds and even onto our tongues if we will allow him. He is not confined to our language. So go into the mission today realizing that one of our works Today will be prayer Remember the word prayer Think of the word prayer And at any moment Go into that prayer realm Pray continuously in the spirit So today throughout our mission I encourage you to think of the word
0: prayer All right, you ready? Come on, let's do it Ready, set, go Check out Kevin's new book Audacious Generosity Given the choice Every one of us wants to be more generous But fear holds us back Audacious generosity is where God is the giver, and giving depends on what God puts into your hands. Gone are the days of feeling pressured to be the giver. Instead, audacious generosity will empower you for limitless giving as God gives through you. See what happens when we open our hands to God and commit in advance to use what He puts in our hands to fulfill His mission. Check out audaciousgenerosity.com and reserve your copy today. That's audaciousgenerosity.com. We want to give some local love to our friends at Selling to Give. They align their profession of serving clients buying or selling a home with their passion to impact and transform lives. They donate the first fruit of every home sold through their Selling to Give Foundation to support local and global ministries. We salute David and Amanda Williams from Selling to Give for their generosity and gospel impact. Check out their website at sellingtogive.com. We
1: could probably have four or five different episodes here because like you've been on missions with your husband. You've been on missions with one of your siblings. Your, your sister uh, was on one of those teams. Was it that first team or was it a later team that your sister? It it was,
2: it was one of the later teams. I actually spent a whole summer on doing missions work with my brother too. Okay. And my, my parents have done a lot of mission work, but yes, Mm -hmm. I had the privilege of um, going to India with my sister and with my Mm in-laws on one of our trips. Mm -hmm. And I've been over with my in-laws a couple of times. Yeah. Um, So you have the family of God and you have your good friends that maybe you travel abroad with, but I think there is nothing more special than being able to serve with family Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, having both that human experience of, of, serving with family um, while you're doing it while serving the rest of the family of God and, and being there. And so, yeah, it definitely was a um, very special time to share that with her. That was my third trip to India mm. and uh, her first trip to India. Mm-hmm. And um, we grew closer as siblings. We, we often reflect and share on the times that we had there and just what God did and just the way he moved and I tell you what it's pretty cool to see your uh, sister preach.
1: What are some of the adjustments you've obviously spoke about learning how to use the bathroom on the train? Other adjustments you've had to make? there are there are a
2: ton of adjustments yes (laughs) Uh, i I talk about the the five full senses right when Mm -hmm. you step off the airplane get into india um you know the smells of india Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. some of them are really unique and 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 different you know to be diplomatic and some of them are just downright stinky and and you you get used to it i'll have to say that here in the u.s we don't experience burning trash yeah but every time i smell it here in the u.s it immediately brings me back to india <laughs> Yeah, same uh, that, that, I agree. that burning yeah that that smell and so mm-hmm. having experienced that in india yeah you, you i get it here and i uh, i feel it right away mm-hmm. not a huge fan of a lot of indian food it's very hot um mm-hmm. I, I, after about four days everything tastes the same it tastes <laughs> like some variation of curry it's it's unique and fun those first few days that that mm-hmm. tasting and trying new things and I, I I love to try new things. I'm I've always been the one on the trips who wanna try who wants to try the street food and will and mm-hmm. be willing to, you know, be a little adventurous when mm-hmm. it comes to food. I don't know if it's just to get a little change up in the Indian food, but I'd say that that's that's a huge <laughs> adjustment.
1: Yeah. yeah. Talk about um, funny. One of the funny remembrance of traveling with you and your husband Chris on a trip and, and your teammates is just Chris has uh, very little room for Indian cuisine uh in, in his palette palette, yeah. <laughs> and I remember in the Delhi airport wondering where Chris went and all of a sudden he comes back with a pizza. <laughs> do you remember that? We I, we I do. We don't we didn't know where he and somehow he saw pizza and went for it. I don't And that blame was him. that was like a uh finding Krispy Kreme <laughs> it was like he finally found something that he could eat or would want to
4: eat.
2: Was, I have been so proud. I mean, he's been to India five times, Mm -hmm. and everything about India goes against his core nature and the food mm-hmm. that he eats, the sense of control and peace that he likes to surround himself with, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it truly is a calling for him and I, I can't be more proud.
1: One funny story I remember is in that Delhi trip, you all you and some friends were going to make your way over to the Taj Mahal and that's a great highlight to be able to say that you've been able to see the Taj Mahal on one of your mission trips, but this was at the end of the trip and you were about to fly back to, I think, the U.S. out of India, but I had really worked a lot of logistics to get you and the team over to the Taj Mahal and back and I remember really quizzing the tour company to make sure they picked you up and went directly to the Taj uh, because there's already a three hour plus drive and I remember about an hour and a half into it uh, I was trying to navigate The the directions with Chris and Kevin um, over the phone because they had picked you up at the airport and went to their office in downtown Delhi to pick up some cash to buy fuel with to get you to the Taj. Do you remember that? I don't know if you girls Uh, actually were were aware of that or not. The women were.
2: I mean, that was so typical India, right? Mm Right. Of of course we were going to go drive (laughs) north into Delhi to meet a guy literally on the side of the street to exchange cash to then (laughs) turn right back around and drive south again to get to – to get to where the Taj Mahal is. I
1: remember Chris trying to tell me it's been an hour and a half and we still are not out of Delhi. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What happened? And he said, well, they had to go get cash to get the fuel. And, and, you know, it's funny because the Americans would have been like, I'll give you cash. Just keep driving to the Taj Mahal. But they, they have their system to do things. And, but
3: patience is certainly something you, you have to have a lot of in India. Yeah. But how would you describe your trip experience to India in one word? One word. I know. <laughs> you think of me like my word. Three how three do words. I come up with
1: one word? <laughs>
3: <laughs> we can we yeah. can go to anywhere between one and five. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna use one
2: word, but only if you let me expound upon the one word. Right? Sure. So oh, I By can, all means, I'm a whole bunch of other words in there. Yeah. Um, I would say beautiful. Mm. Wow. And and here's why I, I think of I think of a couple of biblical things around beautiful. When you travel abroad, when you go to India, when you see the masses of people, and in particular when you see see the Christians there, you're reminded and humbled, and I think about um, how we will all be together in heaven and how beautiful the the body of Christ is. Mm in in heaven and just the variety that's going to be there
4: mm-hmm.
2: and, and and so you just I, I just reflect on the beauty of that the mm-hmm. other thing i think about is the um the scripture out of isaiah that talks about um how beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news mm-hmm. and um that's that's what we're doing when mm-hmm. we go to india we're bringing good news yeah. we're the, the beautiful hands and feet of god that, that bring the good news to the people of india
4: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
3: how has god used missions to change your life I think
2: it's along both of those lines. Yeah. Um, First, it reminds me of who he is, how large the world is, and how much he loves the entire world. That Mm -hmm. my belief, my Christianity isn't just here in the U.S. and what we experience here in the U.S. and the way that we've established religion, not a relationship with God, but religion Mm -hmm. here in the U.S., Mm -hmm. And so going abroad allows me just to see to see the world through a different view and to see that God, God has unique relationships with all the peoples um, of the world. Mm. It, it also um, reminds me that God calls us to service at the end of the day. And uh, we're, we're very self-serving here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. And it can't be about me when I travel abroad. Otherwise, I'm and I do mission work. Otherwise, I'll be completely miserable. Yeah, it's it's about stepping, giving up oneself to serve others, mm-hmm. and so each short-term mission trip just sort of ignites those two lessons in my life um, even more when I go. It's it's almost like going to church on Sunday and you you get a little preaching to and you get revived again and realize what life is about and you get. Set straight again, but you got to go back next Sunday because you need it all over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think short term mission trips um, are a lot like that. I think we need it both um, because it gives us the opportunity to serve others, mm-hmm. but more mm-hmm. importantly, it just it gives us an opportunity to be completely in tune with God and what He's doing in other countries, and helps us sort of just realign ourselves in those those short
1: trips. Praise God.
3: So, what would you tell someone? Maybe not during COVID, but Um, who is considering going to India on a short-term mission trip.
1: And because of COVID, we can broaden that to just the (laughs) fulfillment of the great commission. What would you share with someone about the importance of that?
3: It's twofold.
2: God's last command to us on this earth was to, you know, go and spread the gospel Mm -hmm. and going to India gives you an opportunity to do that abroad. Um, but we're also called to do it here in the U S so I'd say Mm -hmm. if if you're not going um, send someone Mm -hmm. and if you can't do either find ways to do it here at home because at the end of the day we we're the salt of the earth yeah and um, when we stop going on trips we lose our saltiness right Mm -hmm. when we stop ministering to people around us we lose our saltiness and and we're the the light and the salt of the earth Mm
3: mm-hmm great way to put it. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I like the saltiness. I like that. I'm going to use it.
1: Yeah. Well, I love how you described uh, earlier in the show that you got to that place of reaching your educational pursuits and your career pursuits and just um, very happy marriage, but just felt like something was missing and God led you to pray about missions. And I would really long for that for all of our our audience to really understand Rebecca's word of beautiful sometimes we attach that word to something very temporary and something shallow, but God really does desire for our our lives to be beautiful. And, and that would be full of meaning and full of impact and not just always pursuing our own needs, but looking out to the the needs of others. And Rebecca, I'd be honored if you just close out our, Mm -hmm. our show with a word of prayer that people would really allow God to to open up their lives, um, to even say there's something missing, and to let Him inject missions and the Great Commission uh, into their life, to to make their life genuinely beautiful. Will you pray for us?
2: Absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for life. I thank you for life in Christ, Father, and the fullness of life that you've given us, God, and that you have called us to many great things, Lord, even on this side of heaven. And that we can experience the, the beauty of your holiness, the beauty of your creation, the beauty of your people, Father, um, through so many means, Lord. And I pray for each person listening today, God, that you would um, reveal to them, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and reveal to them um, what that beauty is, Father, and how they can step out in faith and serve you. I pray that uh, you would tug on their hearts a little bit that they would um, yearn for um, serving others and for going on short-term missions. I thank you for get, opening the doors and giving them the opportunity to listen to this podcast. I pray it was a uh, would minister to their hearts and souls, Father. And um, I pray that they would also um, remember the people of India and um, pray for the people of India as they um, reflect on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Mm-hmm. amen
1: Amen. rebecca thank you what a what a beautiful story
3: yeah it was so great interviewing you it's good to talk to you good job courtney (laughs) thank you
1: yeah uh rebecca i hope that you can twist chris's arm and get him on the show soon
3: yeah i'm interested to hear his perspective on india now yeah (laughs) (laughs) it'll
2: be more colorful for sure
1: yeah yeah but thank you so much for sharing I really appreciate you and Chris and all you've done for Global Hope India and for India. And um, I I look forward to serving beside you again in India someday real soon. Yes.
2: Same here. Thank you, guys.
0: This episode is complete. So head over to GlobalHopeIndia.org for show notes, resources, and opportunities to go to India through GHI. Continue to be radically transformed by God as you live out the Great Commission. And we'll see you again next week here at Missions Change My Life.